0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron. On News Talk. If you're writing about today, you might notice that some buildings across the country, various different places, are all lit up red. And it's not because of the first of December or for the Christmas festive season. It's actually part of the glow red for World AIDS Day. And Rebecca's with me on the programme today because, Rebecca, you were diagnosed, was it about 30 years ago?
1: Yeah, a little bit more. Hi, how are you? Good. It's great to be talking to you. <clears throat> I was diagnosed in 1987, so I think it's about 35, 36 years ago. <clears throat> it was a long time ago, anyway, do you know what I mean? So, And of course, it was a completely different um, it, we didn't have the medication that we have now or we didn't have the information around it as well, you know. Back then, it was an AIDS diagnosis because they didn't know really much about it, so I was diagnosed in 1987 and told I would possibly two years to live and the only reason I kind of got diagnosed at the time was it was compulsory because I was going for my gender reassignment surgery and that's how I found out
0: Okay. Really. So yeah. entirely, like, I mean obviously so much has changed Rebecca in, in, in that time but like when you got your your diagnosis in, in 87 and as you say like the, you know, being told that you've two years you know almost yeah to, very difficult to process talk us through like what changed and and even you know getting treatment and
1: well i suppose a lot has changed but i still think and i think the reason why we quite sometimes gets lost on world age day itself as well is that um i'm a kind of a firm believer in kind of like um you know kind of it's a bit like in a, a remembrance day to to the people that didn't survive and didn't didn't get to today you know and i suppose me among many others at the time would have been at the start of the trials for the hiv medication so we were a bit like kind of lab rats really in many ways and i'm very grateful that i'm still here today you know because we would have started off on like so i think i was on about 16 tablets a day or something at one stage and it was they were so toxic but in today's world, it's, you know, with I suppose with the visibility and the funding that comes in now and the support from everyone that we've been able to do more research on it and get tablets down to one tablet a day, which is like a huge mm-hmm. difference. And also as well, with the science of things changing, you know, you know, today there's the U equals U. A lot of people ask what that is. It means untransmittable, un- undetectable means untransmittable. So I'm HIV positive. I'm on my medication, so I can't pass it on to anybody else, you know. And that's that's kind of amazing, because for many years, people like myself would have been afraid to be in relationships or what we'd have to disclose. And of course, mine was a double barrel shotgun because I had to disclose that I'm a trans woman. And also I'm HIV positive, you know. So Um. but one thing that doesn't seem to have, have lifted enough is stigma, and people also think HIV just affects probably a certain, you know, like the gay community or whatever, but like women as well, you know, so I'm trying to bring around more awareness around women and getting tested, you know?
0: How did it affect you, you you know, back in the late 80s, Rebecca? Like, you know, you say you you only really found out because of the the testing that that you went, you know, that you went through at the time, but like, how... Where are you impacted or affected?
1: Um, the only thing I can say is when I was brought in to be told, you know, I, the, back then I had to wait, uh, like, I think between a month and six weeks, you know, and I suppose I thought I couldn't catch it because the 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 criteria for it was it either came from darkest Africa or you had to be gay and into really kind of seriously kind of um, weird sex or whatever. You know, and I was kind of like this little blonde thing from Ranala. So I didn't think I could catch this. So to be told I had it and only two years to live and that I was about to have my surgery and that nobody was going to do my surgery, my world stopped, you know. It really did, you know.
0: What about your family and friends, Rebecca, and just the support Mm -hmm. network?
1: Yeah, well, there again, the only thing is... um, I think like with my family, it was like kind of at first, you know, dealing with me transitioning really, and then um, the double whammy when I got tested for AIDS. Because I suppose the only way that people could kind of be able to identify with it in today's world is like when when we had when COVID was rife. You know, people were elbowing each other and you know, like afraid to hug each other and stuff like that. So I remember when COVID coming along and saying to a friend of mine. Well, I've already had the dress rehearsal in this one, right. you know. Um, yeah. It just kind of you were. It was like it was almost like biblical, like leprosy, you know. All I was sure to was going around with a bell saying unclean, unclean, you know.
0: And that was the reaction, you know, when from people in the late eighties, nineties, yeah. and, and when you talk about that stigma, Rebecca, that's even still there. And I presume it's probably shifted somewhat, but is it still as yeah. apparent?
1: Oh, it is, and it is, you know, like in, um, it, it is in many ways because there's still a great sector of people feel that they, you know, even when I talk to women, like especially white privileged women or whatever, you know, menopausal women, they never think for one minute they can catch HIV, you know? And like I kind of would always say, HIV is not fussy, the same as COVID. It didn't discriminate against anybody, nor does HIV, you know? um, And so basically... I think the only the the only way we'll ever really lift stigma around it is if people just go and get tested. You know, because it's um it's really important for you to know your own kind of health mm. health issues anyway. You know, and it's empowering if you get a a negative test, and even if you get a positive test and it's early terms. You know, the medication is one tablet a day now, and it's just like um. Yeah, it's very manageable. It's not like when I got it, it was a death sentence. Now it, you live with it. You know what I mean? It's, you can live very and live a very good life and a high quality life, yeah. you know, today.
0: Uh, stay with us, Rebecca. I've got Will. Um I think Will is on the line as well. Will tell us about your diagnosis.
2: Uh I was diagnosed back in uh, 2007, 16 years ago. And um, I have to say, even though I knew everything about HIV, I was working with Gay Med's health project here in Cork, as a volunteer. I still uh, walked out of the clinic on the day I was diagnosed with, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> because that was 2007, and, you know, things weren't, uh, how should I say, uh, knowledge wasn't great. Like, mm. But it was a bit... <laughs> How I put it? I mean, I was 50 years of age when I got diagnosed. I, I was feeling foolish and feeling stupid. like And when I went to the clinic on my first visit, when we come to talk about stigma and stuff, I was utterly shocked to be told, like, you know, you don't have to talk about this. You can keep it to yourself. Which I get they were protecting me, like, but... Sorry, I the clinic uh,
0: medics were, were or, or um, yeah, support the, the services the were AIDS saying clinic. they were saying yeah, this the to you? Clinic. Yeah, if yeah, you want to keep saying, it to like, yourself you can. Yeah, they
2: were actually saying, you don't have to be the poster boy, which I had no intention of at the time. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just felt, did they realise that I was already feeling, you know, shame, whatever, interior, you know, that myself, like, and this telling me that I can keep it a secret. I I, I I, think, yes, I'm not saying that they should be advocating everybody runs out and tells the whole world, but they should be saying there is support there. There is support group. There is... Uh, an NGO, there's whatever you can go to and you begin talking there and then hopefully you could begin to talk maybe to a family member. I'll give you an example. Two months ago I got a phone call from a guy who was newly diagnosed and he said, I wish I had been diagnosed with cancer. I said, why? He said, because his three sisters had cancer and the whole family can talk about it. Will, I'll never be able to talk to my family about this. And I was like... And, and the clinic wasn't encouraging him. And I just said to him, you know that cancer can kill, HIV can't. So <laughs> that's one thing. But the stigma but that's, how he, that's how he felt. That's how he perceived it, because the stigma then, of course, is going to totally destroy your mental health. I think that's what people forget about this um, illness. Yes, it's one pill a day. Yes. And medically, I'm very fit for Mm. my age and everything. But your mental health, if you're living with something that you cannot talk about, I feel you can talk about your shame, whatever, fear of being in work, being discriminated, whatever. It's just living with that secret um, totally wears you down and doesn't help your immune system. (laughs) because <laughs> if you're anxious and anxiety and thing all the time, your immune system, which is already, you now the medication is great and brings it up, your immune system, mine is grand now and everything. But it's for me, it's the big problem today, even back, and I'm living with this 16 years, it's still the stigma. I think it's the biggest barrier to preventing um, HIV, new HIV transmissions.
0: And what do you put that down to, Will? Is it just... A lack of knowledge or understanding um, from the rest of us, from the public. Like, is that... I think,
2: yeah, I think it's a lack of knowledge because this is World AIDS Day and I'm doing a number of events here in Cork. I'm on the radio. But for the year round, do we hear much about it? Is what I'd like to ask. Do we hear,
0: you know, education
2: uh, on the news, on... Uh, like I see cancer ads all the time, <laughs> you know, uh, the, you know, the pink ribbon, breast cancer on TV regularly. But I do not see anything about people like me being represented. No, I'm not saying that everybody has to be filmed. And, you know, show yeah, face, I, I know right. what you mean. I but know, just, yeah. just ads publicizing the developments because the developments in treatment and prevention, I'm Not really known out there in the public no. and, mean, and and as you, you and as you
0: and, and and Rebecca mentioned they're they're huge they 're significant, like even you know medical advances, like how much that has progressed. you live a very normal life will i I take it like you know oh yeah
2: yeah, very, very normal. I walk out six days a week and i'm sixty six years of age, and I consider myself extremely fit, and I just think that. We have every tool we need to end HIV transmission. We have PEP, we have PrEP. U equals U, treatment as prevention as is known. I can no longer pass on my HIV if I'm on medication and my viral load then becomes undetectable. So we have every tool we need to end this. But as long as people are afraid to get tested, as long as people are afraid to talk about it, as long as all this knowledge I call within the HIV community is not really being transmitted. Now I know it's getting better. There is some, mm. but I ask people like, do they know what the Fast Track City is? And they look at me in kind what of is that? what? <laughs> it's an initiative that started in 2014. The Fast Track Cities, quite a number of cities around the world joined it, and the target or the aim of it is that by 2030, we will have reju- we will have 95 percent of people. Diagnosed, 95% on medication, and 95% then become untransmittable, and hopefully that by 2030 we will have zero new transmission. Now I've been at a number of conferences, Amsterdam and London recently, and I see what other cities are doing, mm. and I see what how. <laughs> Amsterdam at the conference we were at just this October, nine new cases, and this year, our 2022, we've had 175.
0: In Ireland.
2: Uh, and wo- yeah, and one in every four. I only got these facts this morning. Right. <laughs> and what wo- one in every four is a woman. And that's listening to Rebecca. Uh, women are totally neglected in, I think, in HIV awareness and stuff. Totally neglected. Do,
0: do you think, sorry, Rebecca, do you think is that down to, is it just that less women are going for testing, you know what I mean? Or or, or or, adding that into their maybe one-off NCT with their GP. Is is it just that less women are, are going and getting yeah. tested? Is that why?
1: I think in fairness to women, I think because there's been so much um, over the years, mo- mo- like World AIDS Day, it's true, he- like he's saying as well, you know, I live with HIV every day of the year. You know, it's not just one day. It's like I'm a trans woman every day of the year too. And I just feel that you know, like wh- when it's targeted, it's targeted more at the MSM, the men and men, men on, you know, gay sex or whatever like that, or gay men or something like that. So in fairness to women, unless we do more, and that's what I've been campaigning for the last few, few years tirelessly, mm. and it's beginning to show through now because any women I know and I speak to and I talk to them and say, but I never thought that. And then you get menopausal women who are not taking the pill anymore and they're out on the ball again and guys are chatting them up. And believe you me, they are, you know, and they think that they can probably sleep with somebody and not get pregnant. They never think for one minute that um, that they could catch HIV. And then there's another, like you equals you, but then there's another great one, a great campaign that I would have kind of run a lot of the time in London because I work in between London and Dublin. You know, I work at 5016 Street, which is a sexual health clinic, which is a hub of Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. And I used to work at Terence Sickens Trust. And we had this can't pass it on campaign. And it's kind of like raising its head again, which is wonderful, because if you're talking to a girl in a bar when you're doing outreach or something, and you say to her, well, hypothetically, if you were HIV positive, if you were on your medication and you were undetectable and you were pregnant, you can't pass it on to your unborn baby. And even with, among everybody, that, everyone goes, wow, because a woman carries a baby around for nine months mm-hmm. inside herself. And if the baby can't contract HIV, <clears throat> you know, and that's where we need to kind of talk. It's When we start seeing, and you know what, there's PrEP. If any woman knew about PrEP and stuff like that, and had knowledge and, and knew more about HIV, a woman is more than would, would take a pill, like a, a prep pill every day quicker than anyone else because she's been used to taking bloody you know the pill for forever yeah. you know do, do you, so i just think that we do we we need to do more around women and you know what we underestimate women far too much you know they don't get into a shock card. they're much more realistic when they do find out about it i see them and say, well i'm gonna go and get tested but it's true unless we
0: get people testing stigma won't live and we won't
1: get to the zero by 2030.
0: Will, the figures you mentioned, was it 127 new diagnoses in people diagnosed in in Ireland? Is that right in the last 12 months? 75. Sorry, say that again, Will? 175. 175. Is that an increase in previous years? Actually, since before COVID,
2: that's a drop of 16%. Okay. Now, I've I've heard Stephen O'Hara, who I know well on from... HIV Ireland, director on TV this morning, uh, saying it's, it's, you know, it's progress. And it is progress. But I also watched a new podcast that came out this morning. And uh, as the clinician who was talking, and I said, all of these new cases were preventable. They didn't have to happen because we we have every tool we need to prevent them. And I'm glad Rebecca mentioned PrEP because PrEP has been targeted at men who have sex with men, the gay community. But women... (laughs) Why haven't they been included in PrEP? It's a prevention method that a woman could be taking. Um, and then I also think that we, there's a lot of stuff we need that we could be doing around testing because people are still terrified of going and getting testing. How about bringing in opt-out testing in A&Es, which they started in England, and it detected last year 500, 580 cases that yeah. they would not have got.
0: Okay. Well, so it's just another, I know, like more campaigns that that can be done. Um, the Glow Red campaign though, Rebecca, just finally, that's what's, that's what's happening today. As I mentioned, people will notice um, a lot of buildings that are, are lit up in red as, as part of it. What else is happening today?
1: Well, there's a ball on this evening where kind of loads of kind of corporate companies come together. And like myself and Eva Cummins are the face of it, you know, the ambassadors, and I was the ambassador last year, and I suppose um, last year was about like you know presenting women, and and this year it's the same, you know, and it's just like um, making it much more aware. So this evening, like you know, there's going to be quite a lot of celebrities at it as well, you know. And at the start of the AIDS pandemic back in the eighties, when I was diagnosed in the nineties, you know, where we got so much support at the time was from the likes of celebrities and supermodels would go down the the, the runway wearing T-shirts, you know, like AIDS and stuff like yeah. that. And I just think that, you know, because since we've got these medications now as well and people are living longer and it's a chronic illness now rather than a death sentence, you know, the people kind of are a bit blasé about it. But as you've heard here in the, these conversations, people are still catching HIV. So sometimes it does take the you know the face of a celebrity know, yeah, or something to, like to that show, lend
0: to lend their support to, to the campaign. Listen it's been really really interesting to chat to you both today Rebecca and Will. Thanks a million for joining us here in the program. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.